Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's go to a man that was a champion player. He's been kind enough to join us now. He's a GWS assistant coach. Let's find out what they got up to last week. Benny Hart joins us they now. Won. Hello, Benjamin. They won. Kimbo mm. Rich, how are we? Yeah, I like talking very to you guys. Well. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, we've got a winning streak going for you. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, congratulations. Can we go? I don't know what you can and can't tell us. Uh, what plans did you implement? Like calling the game, it's very hard to pick up a lot of things nowadays, but I was yeah. surprised that uh, no one went to Lockie Whitfield. I thought Darcy Byrne Jones might do that or. Um, Jed McEntee, uh, I couldn't see it from where I was. What what did you mm. do? Did you put any extra work into Connor Rosie, or what tactics couldn't we see that you applied? Well, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting call. I think as a midfield group, um, last time we played them um, back a month or so ago, um, we sort of got taught a lesson, and mm. the, their ability to spread on stoppages, away from stoppages, or even in general play, really. Um, now, we weren't at our best, but uh, certainly gave us a good lesson to go back on, and so we wanted to try and blunt that where we could, their, their run and spread from stoppage. Uh, so it was pretty important for us to, to look to own the outside of them at stoppages and um, stop that run. Um, and having said that, our defence was a lot stronger too. We covered the corridor a lot more um, and looked to come forward to defend. I think last time we were running backwards a lot. Mm. So mm. small things, but um, they certainly paid off. Well, running forward was significant. Someone like Callan Ward, though, did he put work into Rosie? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. To be honest, I think it was all of our guys. Um, we wanted to put work into guys to not let them run. So uh, whether you call that putting work into or just owning a better space, um, we thought we did that a lot better than we did the, the previous time. So, yeah, look, Callum was really strong. Tom Green was the same. And Huge. I think even Stephen Cornelio, who his offensive game was pretty strong, but at around stoppages, he, he looked to own the right spaces. So no specific, hard word to say, specific tasks <laughs> set for any players on Port Adelaide players. No, no, it was more. Um, it was more just going to work as a group. To be quite honest, um, we we thought they might go after a Kelly or or a, or a Tom Green, but yep. um, you know that that was good that that didn't happen for us. So um, we were able to just go um, to work as a group, which was pleasing. Ben, they were phenomenal numbers when you looked at the stat sheets. I know you can get blinded by stat numbers, but these were so, so strong in indicating what clearance stoppage dominance GWS had. Mm. Then to see Briggs go into the rooms because of that shoulder, what states are you in for this prelim final? Because we're all holding our breath. Is he, because he seems to be so important about how you set up that midfield. How's he recovered from the, uh, from the final the other night? Yeah, look, he's pulled up pretty well. He was obviously um, pretty sore uh, straight after the game, and um, but the pleasing thing for him was being able to get the injury and go back on and finish the game, um, uh, and did it quite strong. He, he felt like he had enough strength in there, but but certainly quite sore for a day or two afterwards. He trained today. He didn't have full contact, but he trained, and his his range of movement was good. And um, we're expecting him to play because, as you say, he's been um, yeah. pretty strong for us in that that ruck position and enables our guys to set up in, in strong position. So, yeah, hopefully he gets through. We'll move on to Friday night's game very shortly. Just still on the Port game, though. Uh, how did they appear to you? Like, there's been a lot of um, correspondence and the narrative is that they were pretty banged up. Did they come across mm. that way to you? 
Oh, I think certain players did, yeah. I mean, look, they made a prelim and they're, they're hard. Sorry, they made a semi-final and they're hard to to um, to make. So they've done a lot right during the year to get to the position they're in. And yeah, sometimes you need a little bit of luck and uh, potentially it might not have gone their way toward the end of it. And yeah, a few of their players looked a bit sore and, mm. um, you know, which gave us a, an opportunity to, to go to work in some of those areas. But um, mm. yeah, they did, a, they did a hell of a lot right though. Ben, I'll use this term because it seems to fit. Jesse Hogan has been painted as an enigma in this game. Why has it come so well for him at GWS now? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting call. I remember watching him as a as a young kid. Um, you know, when he first burst onto the scene yeah. from Melbourne, and he thought this guy could be anything. And then he had his ups and downs with injury and form. And but I think the the real, I think the belief in his ability that he gets from the coaching group, especially from, from Adam. Mm. Um, has let him just go and play his game. Maybe the game style helps him a little bit more. And, uh, you know, he was a big high runner early days uh, as a forward. And, and now he sort of holds his position a bit more. So he's got great uh, forward craft as a, as a key forward. And look, it's just, it's working for him. Um, and, you know, the boys certainly trust him in the position he plays. So it's it's a great turnaround for him. And it's, uh, you know, really good to see. Mm. All right. This Friday, your boys are probably going to be in excess of uh, 90,000 people they'll be playing in front of. Uh, for 20 mm-hmm. weeks, all we'd hear was at every press conference, are you going to tag Nick Dacos? Uh, are you going to mm. tag Nick Dacos? <laughs> <laughs> What's the right answer there? Is it a yes? Um, well, if you do it, make sure you do it well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, we'll have our plans going in. Last time we tried to look after him uh, at, at with certain people at certain times and uh, as a team we didn't play well so it didn't go that well either mm. but uh, I think initially we'll probably put our our uh, game against theirs um, but we'll certainly have a, a plan if he starts to get off the chain and really hurting us then um, yeah we'll certainly have something to do Well let's hear from Craig McRae the coach of Collingwood, this will surprise you he was asked whether Nick Dacos could be tagged Do you think that might tag him? Oh, I don't know, he did quite well against him last time um, he's a hard, hard player to tag, isn't he? You want me to bait him, do you? Do you want to bait him? Geez, I'd tag Nick if I <laughs> <laughs> Who would tag then if he does get off the chain? Is it, is it Callum Ward? Uh, uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, the thing that Nick does as well as anyone or probably best in the league is the, the loose ball game that he gets onto. Uh, he reads the game so well and then he can turn up to the next contest generally in the right areas. So to do that, maybe it's not Wardy's sort of um, game. He's, he's more of the the in tight tag potentially, but um, certainly we have some people with some faster feet that if we need to, we can go to. But um, yeah, he's a special player. It's a good point that Kim makes, Ben. You're going to go into a ground where you know you haven't got many friends. You're going to have <laughs> 26 million friends outside the stadium if you get my drift. Yeah. Didn't hurt you at Adelaide Oval. Like That was mm. a very, very good performance in what we know is a you know, far from encouraging environment for an opposition team. Yeah. Do you feel ready for the MCG after all the travelling, all the events that you've gone through, all the opposition crowds that have been against you? How have you found this steely resolve to not get distracted? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it's it's our we play our way, and but I think we've done a lot of work this year as a group um, in staying present in the moment. Now I know mm. every team will talk about yep. it, but um, but it does happen. You know, how do you get yourself because you'll make mistakes. The crowd will get on top of you. You hear something you don't like, but your ability to then come back into the present and say, "Well, what's important now?" Because that that crowd is not going to affect how I go about my next yeah, job. Yeah. Um, and that's been important for us, to be honest. Now we haven't played in front of ninety thousand uh, Collingwood supporters yet either. But um, mm. look, it'll be loud, but we're we're welcoming it and we're, we're looking forward to the, uh, that opportunity. Uh, last week. 
Toby Green was good. He's always good. Willie Rioli was really good for Port Adelaide. Uh, but I thought you had the wood on Port Adelaide with the other small forwards in Bedford and Daniels as opposed to DBJ mm-hmm. and McEntee. Uh, Bedford, he always showed talent at Melbourne. Has he exceeded your expectation or is he still a little untapped? Oh, I think he's still a bit untapped, to, mm. be, to be fair. Like, his his speed and his ability to pressure and, um, you know, again, sharp to contest, uh, a bit like Dacos we're talking about, but sharp to contest to pressure, is, he's been elite. So his ability to get up the ground and then um, reset forward has been strong for us. Um, untapped by that, I mean, I think he can still do more on the offensive side, if that makes sense, his yep. ability to hit the scoreboard or even be a little bit cleaner with possession at time. But, um, look, he's enjoying it. He's He's having a lot of fun and... Um, we enjoy him inside, so yeah, he's been great. Ben, how do, do you, as an opposition coaching group, deal with? We know, like, let's go back to the, you know, those famous Brisbane teams that you played against, where you all knew what Lee Matthews was doing with Brisbane, but you had to be challenged to actually deal with the predictable. They were too good at it, so they were hard yeah. to beat. Collingwood's got this roll of the dice game, where Craig McRae seems to have just let them free to just play high risk and get high reward. How do you coach against that when it's not structurally or tactically based? Yeah, well, funnily enough, looking at it as an opposition coach, a lot of it is structurally based, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So their structure is a starting position and then they're allowed to play. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be willing to match that structure uh, or understand what that structure looks like. And then it becomes sort of a talently talent, I guess. Okay, um, yep. And you have, to, you have to be in the right areas to then try and obviously exploit what they're doing, given the opportunity. Um, but also manage them at the same time. I hope that mm. makes sense. No, but no, I'm getting it. Yeah. A lot of it, yeah, a lot of it is off of a, a strong structure in how they play. Uh, and to be to be honest, we're probably not too dissimilar in in playing a structure with a little bit of chaos on the end of it. So yeah. the chaos, um, exactly yeah, it'll a be good one, yeah. yeah, a little bit of. Uh, It'd be interesting um, match up the two of us because I think we play similar styles. Now I know you don't, don't, you wouldn't be disrespectful, and you don't want to provide ammunition. But you talk about exploiting players when you come up against Mason Cox. I think a lot of coaches or the coaching staff would sit there and see this as a great opportunity to exploit someone like him. But it's easier said than done. How do you approach <laughs> someone like that? He's a big man. That's mm. that's the start of things. He's a very big man, and I think he's. You know, he loves playing at this time of the year also, but a, a guy of that size who's marking over the sort of since he started has gone through the roof. You know, his timing on the ball is good. So you've got to be able to compete with him. Um, certainly you've got to meet him down the line when he when he tries to go for those balls in the air. Um, if he plays as a forward, you've got to do enough work on him early to potentially keep him out of contests. Um, and as, as a ruckman, sometimes with that extra height, there's not much you can do except compete. So... It's a difficult one, um, and he's certainly uh, been a thorn in a lot of lot of sides this year. So, hopefully, with Briggers um, right to go and, and Lockie mm-hmm. Keith, and you know, we'll, we'll be able to ha- um, manage him. Do you see it as an opportunity, though? Oh, I think so. But I, I think we we do every every player, mm-hmm. no matter who they are, whether it's uh, Braden Maynard, whether it's Mason Cox, they they have their strengths. So you've got to be aware of them. Mm-hmm. But there'll be opportunities too. No one's perfect. Not every not any player's perfect. There'll be opportunities to to exploit them as well. So we've got to look for and, and then hopefully do a good job of it. Our last one, I find this one interesting. Darcy Moore, uh, All-Australian, a wonderful player, but can be scored against heavily. Um, do you use a decoy or do you try to drag him out of the game somehow? Um, initially, probably not. I think we look, he's just a tremendous player and reads the ball so well. Um, if you let him have free reign at times, yeah, he's going to take marks and he'll hurt you. But you also, uh, I think at this time of the year, you need to put something against an opposition. If, if you try and just go out and 
and save a game or stop everyone, mm. um, then you won't play your natural way. So, look, we'll, again, we'll have our plans if, if some people get out of hand. But uh, we'd like to put our best against them as well. Benny, you've put your best foot forward the last three weeks. We've loved it. Uh, hopefully, we're speaking to you again next week. How good would that be? Brisbane and GWS in a yes, grand please. final. Yes, Not please. Not sure if the AFL would like it. I please. Think Carlton Collingwood sounds pretty sexy, please. but I'd love it. Brisbane and GWS. Hey, we wish you all the very best, Benny. Well done last week, and uh, good luck on Friday night. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Hope we can talk week next week. Yeah, yeah. Look forward ben, to tell it. Cooper Hamilton we're on board. <laughs> Good, I will do. Cheers, guys. Benny Hart, he's an absolute uh, ripper. Interesting. So, uh, you know, no specific jobs on any of the Port players. It was all about their game, their structures, denying the corridor, and uh, winning the footy first and playing a more forward offensive game. Yeah, so they're Not dealing with the first issue rather than all the issues that unfold. So, if you get that right at the beginning, choke well, it up at the beginning. When you win stoppage yeah. like they did, oh. you start to control the game.